Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And we're back. We're reunited. We're reunited once again. <laughs> yes, not in person, but in school. Oh, no. No, over the internet. <laughs> over the interwebs. Um, yes, and we're coming to you over the internet as well. Hello, listeners. <laughs> hello, hello. Guys, fair warning, I'm very hyper today. I apologize. I think it's what I've been telling Katie. I've just, like, not been able to talk about all the, like, giddiness that I've had from the past week. And so I'm just like, ooh. I get to talk about it. I'm so excited. Yeah. We just barely recorded a Patreon episode where Sarah went into detail about some things that she's experienced this last week that (laughs) were some of the things she was referencing about being giddy and some things she wouldn't have done if she was Mormon. So if you want to hear about those, go over to Patreon. It's patreon.com slash not so Molly Mormon, and it was great. You won't be disappointed, but <laughs> oh. yeah, maybe I will in the future. Maybe I'll be like, Sarah, why'd you talk about that kind of stuff? Which usually <laughs> happens. Usually, I just get the look from Greg that's like, maybe you shouldn't share that. And I'm like, oh, right, you're like, maybe I'm going I to shouldn't that. talk about that, but I'm gonna I'm going do to it. anyway. <laughs> Speaking of, you guys, our little announcements, our opening announcements <laughs> before we have the prayer. Yes, um, yes. So as Katie mentioned, and if you're a Patreon, you will listen to this episode about the stories I'm talking about in Poland. But last week, I was lucky enough to travel to Krakow and to go to a beautiful wedding where so many, ex- like a weird, ex- not weird, that's not the right word, just experiences that I had where as a Mormon I would have never first of all experienced but second of all if I was in that situation I just would have been super judgmental and uncomfortable and thinking that you know these things are quote-unquote inappropriate and so I was really lucky enough to have like my first I I kept calling it my first adult wedding when I was there (laughs) because I'd only ever gone to um, Mormon weddings before and so they're a whole different like thing I feel like Mormon weddings and Mormon wedding receptions are so different from other weddings that I've been to other weddings are so much more fun like sorry no offense to Mormons if you want but um and they can be fun too but like I just have usually so much more of a blast at non-Mormon weddings (laughs) yeah exactly like I actually um one of Greg's friends, his girlfriend was asking me like, you know, what, what would you do at a Mormon wedding? And I was like, well, it's, uh, it's hard to explain because if you don't know the background of Mormonism, like I didn't want to go into too many details of like, well, first of all, like if you're a quote unquote righteous Mormon, you would go to the temple to get married. And that's like a ceremony and only certain people can go if they're worthy But then I was like, hey, that's too complicated. I was like, hey, the reception is usually, not always, but usually at a church, like a Mormon church. And so, like, the decorations are minimal. And, like, it's just, like, anyways, they're asking, like, what's the program? Like, what do you do? And I'm like, you have dinner? And then you just dance in the cultural hall? Like, I don't know. Like, I couldn't really think of anything else. Yeah, they have cake. And they'll maybe have, like, sparkling cider. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like a lot of, you know, Mormons will like rent out venues, but like I think probably a good majority of them, a good chunk of them anyway, like Sarah said, have them in the chapel in like the gym of the of the church. But yeah, what, yeah, what and did I call it? It's it's called cultural hall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Church. And you um yeah, there is no alcohol, obviously. There's not even coffee or anything like that. It's just like a basic dinner. Sometimes it's a really nice dinner, who knows? And then like cake and dancing, but there's, you know, no swearing in the music, no suggestive dancing whatsoever. (laughs) So So. that's what I was going to comment on because quite a few people were asking like, what would the playlist be like, you know, if you're dancing, like what kind of songs? And I was like, well, it would be edited. Like it would either be like songs that are like, 
you know, quote unquote wholesome or songs that are maybe like good to dance to, but have swear words in them. So they would edit those, like get the radio version. And yeah. it was just like cracking up some people at the wedding. Cause they're like, no way. And I was like, yeah, that's, and I was like in dancing, like, so, okay. So the dress I wore to the wedding. Oh, you guys, <laughs> if you don't follow her on social media, like you need to, because holy crap, the dress is perfect, but sorry, continue. Oh, thanks. You're <laughs> making me blush. Tell me more, Katie, and tell me more. Um, No, it was like this fun, sexy red dress that like I bought, I bought really like probably two months before the wedding, but because I was just feeling really like, oh, maybe it's a bit too much, like, I feel like I should be a bit more conservative. So really this like deep brainwashing from Mormonism was coming. Like I was really struggling with accepting the fact that this was a nice dress and I liked it and I thought I felt sexy in it and like it was fun. But like I just kept thinking like, oh, people are going to judge me. It's going to be too much. I shouldn't. It's inappropriate to wear to the wedding. So I stressed for like a month trying to find a different dress to wear. And I'm not even... I'm not even shitting you guys. Well, oh. I usually would be shitting my pants, but not this time. <laughs> I ordered probably like 25 dresses and sent them back in a span of a month. Like, con- oh, like wow. every other day. I just had like dresses coming in where I was trying them on and thinking like, maybe this one's better. Trying to find a dress that was like fun, but conservative. And I couldn't find one. So at the last minute, I was like panicked and I brought this dress that I had for my Mormon days that I kept because my mom had made it. And Mm -hmm. it is like a very lovely dress, but it's a very conservative dress, right? Uh And I brought it with me because I was like, I'm probably not going to wear the red dress. I'm going to go for this one. And Greg was really funny because he was like, oh, but my tie is red. I got the tie to match the red dress. Like That that tie looked like it was made from the exact same material as your dress. It was so cute. Oh, man. His friends are probably listening, and I'm going to embarrass Greg because I'm like, oh, my God, it's so cute. But he definitely was like, oh, we have to, like, coordinate. And he, like, bought the tie to match my dress, which I thought was really cute. But um, anyways, last minute, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to go for the red dress, even though I was like, I feel like it's inappropriate. It's like too revealing and I shouldn't wear it. You guys, no one gave a fuck. In fact, they were all super complimentary, like very nice, friendly, like everyone at the wedding, honestly, were like the nicest people, so lovely. Like the bride and groom were incredible, like beautiful, so welcoming and I was like telling Greg that it was like an experience where as a Mormon I would have felt so judged and so uncomfortable and like fake like I had to put on a show and just not been able to enjoy myself whereas at this wedding with these people it was just like everyone was instantly your friend like they were just very kind like I never felt judged I felt like I could be myself I could talk about whatever I wanted I didn't need to be filtered I didn't need to be polished or well-mannered and like you know make sure I presented myself in a really proper way it was like none of that like your girl was grinding up on Greg in that red sexy dress (laughs) I mean twerking like it was happening (laughs) um and on that note I have to give a special shout out to one of Greg's friends who is an absolute incredible human being who listens to our podcast Katie Um, his name is Pi so hi Pi for listening thank you for listening (laughs) he's so so like all of his friends are just like I said really lovely people and their partners are like so nice and wonderful but speaking of dropping it like it's hot in my red sexy dress Pi is a DJ. He's part of like a DJ duo. So they create really cool music. Um, Check them out if you want. It's called Monkey Wrench. But um, he played a set. (laughs) It was like amazing tunes. But as the Brits would say, bangers. It's a That's a banger. That's a banger. I've heard that. (laughs) I had never heard of that. So I was like, what's a banger? Um, (laughs) But they played some Beyonce, like he was playing some Beyonce, y'all know I was dropping it hot. And we couldn't do that as Mormon. Remember, Katie, I always try to do it at like institute dances. And they were like, I remember, yes. Face, back away. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's the inappropriate way of dancing, and you're not allowed to do that. But I am so glad you got to do that in that red dress. So that's amazing. Great. So, yes, those are my announcements. Um, Well, I have uh, an announcement. Well, I think since listeners, you, I mean, you don't know or care, but, like, we recorded these kind of in – just because Sarah was on holiday, so we haven't recorded in a little while. But anyway, whatever. You guys don't care. But I have some <laughs> shout-outs for patrons that we hadn't got to yet. Um, so in the Celestial Kingdom, joining us at the highest level is new patron Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Thank Hi, you. Hi, Jennifer. And then um, we also have another patron, Adriana. So hello, Adriana, and welcome. Thank you both, and thanks for being patient for your shout-outs, because, yeah, recording schedules can be weird, but... (laughs) They can, but we're back on schedule, and thank you, Jennifer and Adriana. We really appreciate your support. Yes. Okay, so are you ready to get into the topic, Sarah? Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, 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 sorry. One more announcement. Sorry, guys. Um, I did just want to say a special shout out to everyone who sent me such lovely DMs um, about the last episode we recorded and how I I shared that story about the traumatic experience I had with the doctor and um, how fucked up that whole situation was. I it was like overwhelming the amount of messages that we got to our podcast account, but also just to my personal DMs like the support and love and also the comments that you guys left, like I, it was really what I needed. So I just wanted to say a special thank you. I responded to everyone, but I just wanted to also um, give a little special shout out to all of you guys because it made a difference. So That was really sweet. I did notice all of those coming in and I was purposely like not reading them so that you would see that they were not read (laughs) because I I was like oh everyone's coming and like saying all these really lovely things and it was yeah it was really great you all are just so great (laughs) god why are we all so amazing we just are amazing (laughs) (laughs) okay so Sarah doesn't know anything about what I'm about to tell her so this is going to be you guys and it it's been the hardest for me not to research this one. Oh, good. Like, I was dying just to look it up on Google, but I was like, no, I'm going to wait it's, for Katie to tell me. It's so bizarre and just bonkers. Okay, so I am going to tell you the story of Donald Gary Young. All right. Which Here also, like, you have to say I know someone named Gary Younger. <gasps> it's kind of funny. But That's continue. weird. Okay. <laughs> So it's like Alma and Alma the Younger. Remember that in the Book of Mormon? (laughs) God, so weird. Okay, so Donald Gary Young was born in 1949 to a Mormon ranching family in Idaho. So you might recognize his last name, Young. He was a descendant of Brigham Young. Brigham. I already hate him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Brigham Young's brother, Lorenzo Young, was Gary Young's great-grandfather. And uh, Lorenzo was part of the original pioneers that came to Utah that, uh, you know, Mormons like to brag about if they have pioneer blood. And then they make other people feel bad if they don't have pioneer blood. (laughs) Which I also talked about at the wedding. I was like, I was always considered, like, this outcast and undateable because I didn't have pioneer blood. It's so weird. It's such like a weird thing to be so elitist about, right? Like, okay. so weird. Okay. So Gary went to and graduated from Chalice High School in Chalice, Idaho. Hello, listeners from Idaho. Um, (laughs) (laughs) After graduating, he moved to British Columbia at at age 17 to work in logging and ranching. So according to Gary, he claims to have gotten severely injured in 1974 uh, at the age of 24 while logging. He says that he was so injured by this accident that he was supposedly declared paralyzed for life. Oh my God. Yeah, and along with this like being paralyzed, he claimed that he got meningitis 16 crushed vertebrae, 11 ruptured disc, 
19 broken bones, and a herniated spinal cord, and he was bound to a wheelchair. Fuck, but yeah. I, but there's no documentation anywhere of this injury ever happening. Like, there's no medical records. No one can corroborate this story. This is just what he tells people, right? Oh, really? Yeah. So after this accident, he claims that he started to experiment with natural medicine to heal himself along with faith. Obviously, because faith can heal everything. So he he allegedly subsisted 253 days only drinking water and lemon juice. And that was it. Like, no, this is what he claims. So for those 253 days, he was fasting uh, on water and lemon juice. And he started experimenting with essential oils to help, like, heal Ah. himself. And he claims that because of this fast and these oils, he started to feel movement in his right toe. And according to Gary... The doctors couldn't offer much help, so he decided to stop all his medications and went solely to alternative methods for natural healing, and he eventually got all of his mobility back, like was able to walk everything. (laughs) So what do you think of that story? (laughs) I mean, I'm already just like, is that where essential oils stems from, like the MLM? (laughs) (laughs) We will see. Um, So I think his... I don't know. Like, I guess you can't disprove that, but I kind of feel like that's bullshit. (laughs) I mean, and there's no way that essential oils healed him. And I don't Mm -hmm. even know if that accident happened. Who knows? But something that I... uh, Oh, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. (laughs) (laughs) You go. You stop. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to say, it reminds me of the book Uneducated, the dad and... Yes, yes. Yeah. That totally, like, was something that I thought of when I was researching this, too. And it reminded me of how, like, a lot of Mormons are are kind of distrustful of modern medicine and doctors. And they, like, prefer natural remedies uh, or, or faith, right? Natural remedies mixed with faith. And this isn't to say that all Mormons do this, but it's, like, kind of popular in Mormon culture to, like, do the natural way and pray and then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think I've mentioned this before in one of the episodes, but um, that TV show I was talking to you about, Katie, where it's like mysterious diseases and anyways, like they did a few from around the world and like because they put it on social media, they were able to diagnose these diseases more efficiently because other people from around the world were like, Hey, I have the same symptoms, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, mm-hmm. one of them was a patient in Salt Lake city. And right. even though they diagnosed her properly, like, and they could get the help that she needed, like they wanted to send her to a specialty, like a, a hospital that specialized in her disease. The parents refused and she did too. Like they didn't, they were like one of the only patients in this whole series that were the most difficult and didn't believe the doctors and were just like, no. Isn't that so frustrating? Yeah. And, like, and I was just like, what in the world? And they were like, oh, we just have faith that it'll work out. Oh, my God. It's just so scary, too. People <laughs> yep. would prefer to do that and most likely die or have a condition that gets worse instead of believing medicine and science. Yeah, it's nuts. Okay, so... That whole thing happened, and then in 1980, Gary very briefly studied therapeutic massage at the American Institute of Physioregenerology. <laughs> okay, okay, so just remember that word. I'm going to come back to it. Okay. Um, he claimed to have graduated and received a degree from there, but later on, it was found out that he was lying and he was forced to admit that he never got a diploma. He basically didn't do anything there. He only did about a third of the homework that was assigned to him. And he owed over $2,000 in tuition that he never repaid. So and he just lied about it, but physio regenerology, I tried to look up what that word is. It's not even a word. (laughs) Like, 
you look up about that just takes you back to Gary Young. So no way. Yeah. So after this, he's he's saying that he got a degree in physio regenerology and he started going by D Gary Young. So like the initial D and then Gary Young because his first name is Donald. Uh But the reason he went by D. Gary Young is that it would look like he was a doctor with that initial D in front of his first name. And he would wear, like, white lab coats so that he looked like a doctor and was telling people that he, yeah, had this degree in natural medicine, even though he didn't. Um, Something else that kind of struck me with that, too, with the initial, is that that's what LDS apostles do. Like, they have to have an initial in their name. That's so true. I never even thought about that. You know, isn't that a weird thing that just part of Mormon, like, Mormon culture you don't even think twice about? But then when you leave, you're just like, wait a minute. Isn't it weird that all of the, like, prophets and apostles in the Mormon church have these initials? Like, it's never just Gordon Hinckley. It's, like, Gordon B. Hinckley. And, like, you, you can't say their name without saying their initial. Yeah, if you say it, like, yeah, if you just say Russell Nelson instead of Russell M. Nelson, it's like you're being disrespectful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's a cult. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in 1981, Gary opened a clinic, I'm doing air quotes, in Spokane, Washington, using his fake degree. Um, It was like a medical clinic, and he was seeing patients and doing, giving them natural remedies. But he was pretty quickly arrested for practicing medicine without a license, but he only spent 30 days in prison with a year probation. So he did get caught, but he got free very quickly. That's terrifying, actually, when you think about, like, the fact that someone could practice, quote unquote, like medicine, even though they're not, and only get put away for, like, 30 days. I know, and then just back out there. Yep, 30 days. Yeah, that's, oof, okay. Yeah. And he and he got out and he just went on and did it again. He opened another clinic uh, using naturopathic methods to treat patients, including pregnant women. (gasps) So, okay, trigger warning. This has to do with like pregnancy and children and babies. So if that is something that's sensitive to you, you might want to skip ahead like five minutes. So. At the time that he opened this clinic, um, Gary's wife, Donna, was pregnant, and he convinced her to give birth, quote-unquote, naturally at his clinic Uh. in a whirlpool hot tub (gasps) without doctors or medical professionals, obviously, because he was claiming that he was the doctor. There was no one there with any training at all, and uh, Gary had this theory that um babies were supposed to be born into water because they could still get oxygen from the umbilical cord for a long time after birth and that they were supposed to like it was a healthy way for the child to quote adjust to life outside the womb is by spending it you know going right into the water and staying in the water so his wife delivered the baby with his assistance and it was a little girl And Gary held the baby underwater for an hour (gasps) until she died. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, Oh, that just made me a bit sick in my tummy. It's awful. It's terrible. So, you know, obviously, like, they, you know, they called the coroner, and the coroner pronounces the baby dead, but says... The baby died from oxygen deprivation, and she would have lived if he had not done that to her. Like, Gary tried to say that it was a stillbirth and the baby was not alive anyway, but that just wasn't true. The coroner was like, no, that baby would have lived if it was born in a hospital with proper care and not held underwater and drowned. So, Oh, my God. He never faced charges for that, though. No. Uh, no. no he that's murder. I know. I mean, at least manslaughter, right? But like, yeah. yeah, and it's 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 crazy because I did a little bit of research on this. And of course, 
water births can happen safely, like, and they do, but yeah, of course, it's because sometimes like the baby will be born in the water and then the placenta naturally releases and the baby is promptly taken out of the water. Like they're not, they're never kept under the water for any amount of time. That's even near an hour. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just terrible and awful. And I'm of the opinion that he killed his child and should have faced charges because that's awful. Like, this is where it gets into really dangerous territory when people are like, oh, just let people live their lives. Like, let them, if they have faith that that way, that natural way will work, or if they want to have a natural birth and their their God is protecting them or whatever, like, let them do it. And it's like, nah, because if that's proven to kill children or to kill humans, like, I don't think that that's something we should allow people to do. Well, it's also just beyond hypocritical because at this point you have chosen to have this baby yeah which means you have chosen to care for this child and therefore if you deliver it that way where you don't have any medical knowledge or experience and you hold a baby underwater for an hour that is murder but then these same conservatives will be like oh pro-choice and or sorry pro-life and like abortion is murder and blah blah and it's like how can you say abortion is murder if you're for like people should be able to deliver their kids however they want (laughs) yeah that to me is just beyond because you know abortion is a choice you make before and not I'm going to have a baby I choose to have this baby and give life and then I'm going to put it in danger by doing this Totally. The hypocrisy is crazy, especially like you said, with people who are anti-abortion. But then it's like once the baby is born, they don't care. And a lot of times the people who are anti-abortion are also anti-vax, like anti-vaccinations. And it's Mm -hmm. like, do you care if the child dies? And anti-immigration, which is also like, so you care more about babies who aren't born than babies who are dying on the daily basis because they are in a really shitty situation that's out of their control. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And something else I want to say is like, to me, it just, it really is annoying this whole idea of like this way of birth is natural. I'm I'm doing our quotes, quote unquote, like this is the right way because it's natural and you have to do everything natural. And I'm just like, the, just because something is natural or whatever you want to label it doesn't mean it's good. Like, you know what else is natural? Poop is natural. Exactly. (laughs) And asbestos, like natural doesn't always mean that it's like the most healthy way to go about doing something. No, and you just need, like, there are trained professionals for even if you want to do it naturally. Or, you know, in water, there are trained professionals who do that. You know, they're... They're, you know, midwives, like all of these people who are trained to do that, just that, you know, that's such a good point. And they can do it safely and with care and with education, whereas Gary Young didn't have any of that. Yep. Okay, so that's really sad. His baby died. Um, The next year, in 1983, Gary was approached by an undercover cop about performing an underwater birth at his quote-unquote clinic. So I feel like the cops were kind of on to him and wanted to be like, okay, so is he going to, you know, do this to other children too? So this undercover cop, like, asked, could you deliver my baby at your clinic? And Gary immediately said yes, offered to perform an underwater birth as well as give prenatal care. And on top of that... He claimed that he could cure the cop's mom's cancer. So I guess in the, in the, yeah, in the discussion, the cop said something like, oh yeah, and it's tough right now. My mom has cancer as well. And Gary was like, oh, I have a treatment for that too. So obviously Gary was arrested again for practicing medicine without a license. Um, This time he spent 60 days in prison uh, but then he was released and oh. back out at it. And it's it's interesting to me how he was arrested for practicing medicine without a license, but not for killing his own baby. Yeah, that's what's just blowing my mind right now. But yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. A couple of years later, in 1985, he claimed to learn. He claimed to earn a master's degree in nutrition, 
<laughs> and then he claimed that he later went on to earn a doctorate in naturopathy. This is all in the same year, by the way, because doctorates don't take, doctorates take like, what, eight, ten years? He claims to do it all in one year. Um, <laughs> and these degrees came from a university called Bernadine University. So Bernadine University was, of course, an unaccredited school, later found out to be a mail-in diploma mill. So... <laughs> You could just send them money, and they would send you a fake degree. And, uh, yeah, that university got busted and ruled as a fake school by Nevada Supreme Court. Um, so, yeah, he wasn't certified at all in anything, but he touted these as, like, he has this degree in nutrition and this fabulous degree in naturopathy. And what was the other one? Physioregenerology or whatever the fuck. Ugh. Okay, so the next year, because he got these degrees real fucking quick, in 1986, he opened up another uh, fabulous clinic in Tijuana, Mexico. Again, using his fake degree as, like, yeah, the reason he can do all this. And at this clinic, he scammed people out of huge sums of money by claiming to cure all kinds of diseases with natural methods, including essential oils and other like pseudoscientific bullshit. <laughs> um, God, so this is really like every M MLM in Utah. <laughs> oh yeah, you girl, just you wait. You're oh, you're on something. Okay. Okay. So his one of his claims to fame was that he claimed he could bring a cancer patient into remission if they stayed for three weeks at his clinic and gave him six thousand dollars, and he could completely cure it if they paid him ten thousand dollars. And this is really going to make you mad because he also claimed that he had a 90% cure rate for lupus. <gasps> yeah. No. This asshole, like, was just taking people's money and, I don't know, giving them salt baths and telling them that they're going to get better. You know, oh, and that does all piss me off so much because anyone who experiences an autoimmune disease knows how frustrating it is that you can't get properly diagnosed and that everyone thinks you're just making it up or not everyone but most people just think like you're being a pussy and like you can't take pain and like you're mm -hmm. just asking for attention and you know you're making things up or being a diva or dramatic and so it really is like it takes such a toll on your mental health because you're constantly like maybe I am maybe I you know I don't want to ask anyone or I don't want to bother anyone so I'm just going to push through even though I'm in oh. a lot of pain and da, da, da. so yeah if you know of course if I met some guy who was like telling me it is a 90% cure rate for lupus at a point like a very low point in my life I'm sure it'd have been like okay here's my money like isn't that just know? like the lowest of the low oh, you know exploiting people low. who live with this in some cases debilitating like yeah. crippling awful disease and he's like give me your money, I'll cure you. It's just the lowest form of exploitation. It's awful. It's just a terrible human being like that. Yeah. And especially like, you know, he was trying to cure that fake cop's mother or whatever, her cancer. Yeah. Like the fact that he even thinks that he can cure someone's cancer is also just absolutely disgusting. Like it taking is. someone's money and also the family of those people, like I'm sure they're, getting their hopes up or thinking like, oh, maybe this is a cure. It's just, oh, it's horrible. Yes, it is. Okay, so at this clinic in Tijuana, he had a program where even if you didn't want to go in in person, you could mail in vials of your own blood and they would like test the blood and then tell you what disease you had and how they could cure you. So mm -hmm. this, uh, this is great. An L.A. Times reporter decided to do a little experiment. So they sent to the clinic the blood of a healthy cat that was like a vet, a vet's cat. The, um, a vet took a little sample from his cat, gave it to this reporter, and the reporter sent it in to Gary's clinic, claiming that it was, you know, human blood. Like, tell me what's ah. wrong with and they, so they tested it for $60, of course, 
And this, it, it came back, the, um, this reporter was told that his blood had evidence of aggressive cancer and liver problems. What? And they, it just, they got so duped. Like, they didn't even know that it wasn't human blood. <laughs> And so they told the reporter, they were like, you should probably come in and do our detoxification program, which costs two grand a week. And you should also do this home program that, you know, it's like $500 for our special vitamins and supplements. Oh, my God. (laughs) One of on the same team, another L.A. Times reporter did the same thing and sent in the blood of a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they're like okay let's let's try this again let's see if they catch on that we're sending them chicken blood and it came back that this reporter was told that their blood you know their quote-unquote blood had evidence of inflammation of the liver and pre-lymphoma um <laughs> and they were also prescribed the detoxification program so they were exposed as frauds because the LA Times, you know, reported this and was like, we sent this animal blood and they didn't even know. And they tried to tell us that we had cancer. So I'm just thinking of the meme that's like, it actually turns out that there is a cat that had cancer and like the cat oh. that they took the blood from. Oh, God. Yeah, they're just like, you don't know. Maybe the cat did have cancer. Exactly. Maybe that chicken did have liver problems. We don't know. You don't know. (laughs) You need to pray about it, okay? (laughs) Um, So that year, a complaint was filed against Gary Young by the state of California, alleging unfair, deceptive, untrue, and misleading advertising and unlawful, unfair, and fraudulent business practices uh, regarding his clinic and his unapproved like selling and manufacturing of all these weird supplements and stuff. So um, in 1988, Gary was arrested again for practicing medicine without a license. Uh, He served 60 days in jail and then was released. I just keep every time I'm like, okay, he was arrested again. It just reminds me of like J-Dog, you know, how Joseph Smith was arrested over and over again. And if you bring that up to a Mormon, they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, they, you know, people back in the day just really didn't like him and he was a martyr and blah, oh, blah, blah. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of the same with this guy when people are really into, you know, naturopathy and stuff. They're like, well, yeah, they just the government just doesn't like it when people practice alternative medicine because the government has money in big pharma and they just don't want us to know about all these ways we can heal ourselves. And so then they throw the natural doctors into jail. And it's like, no, this guy was scamming people, hurting people, potentially killing people. He killed his own child. Like, but it's also like, it's just so infuriating that this guy has been arrested three times for a serious crime and didn't get punished or like sentenced for murder or manslaughter only spent in total like what it's been 30 and 90 and 90 right Mm -hmm. um and imagine if this yeah and imagine if it was any other person who wasn't white girl girl i have that in my notes like right like pretty quickly because i had the same thought I was like he just gets arrested for these these things that are really bad to do and he just gets released again but if yeah. he if he was not white if he was a black man and had the tiniest amount of marijuana on him he would just go to jail for what 40 50 years it's it's insane what or they even do. more realistically he probably would have been shot or murdered uh, by the cops because of that you know like but because he's white and, Ugh. you know, quote unquote Christian, it's like he just gets all these passes and gets to keep scamming people and just be d- disgusting. He just gets a little slap on the wrist and keep. Yeah, every time, every fucking time. OK, so, yeah, he gets arrested, but he gets out. It obviously doesn't stop him because we know Gary doesn't stop <laughs> Gary. Uh, he gets out of jail again. Goddamn Gary. In 1989, he decides he's going to start growing his own plants to make his own medicines and supplements and stuff. So he gets um, farmland in Spokane, Washington, and starts two distillation units. 
and in 1993, Gary founded Young Living Essential <gasps> Oil. <laughs> you knew it. You called it right at the beginning. You were like, this sounds like essential oils. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. If Okay, I feel like this is one of the biggest reveals ever. Like, this backstory is like, oh, I feel like for listeners who never heard or, like, listened to our episode on multi-level marketing um, schemes, especially, like, pyramids or however you want to say it, like, we talk about essential oils and how most of these MLMs are full of Mormons, like, who participate in it or who yeah. founded it yeah. and essential mm-hmm. oils is the one of the biggest if not oh. the biggest yes <gasps> yeah so there's young living which is like yeah possibly the biggest essential oil company in the world and it um yeah it's located its headquarters is in lehigh utah um but the other one is doTERRA and that's also I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that's also founded by a Mormon. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know for I'm sure, but it's also sure located well. in Utah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So he opens up Young Living Essential Oils. Um, and, and when he makes this company, he claimed that the methods that were used to harvest and extract the oils from the plants grown on his farms were, quote, customs that were practiced during the period of Christ. No. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously these are going to be a big hit with all the Mormons around because he's treating the plants like they did at the time of Christ and he's growing them and blessing them. So they're extra special. And that's why they're like a bajillion dollars a bottle. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Yep. I have so many things we'll get to later, but yeah. Okay. So Religious claims like this one are pretty frequent in Young Living. Um, Obviously, despite the lack of evidence for essential oils as a healing remedy of any kind, um, Gary Young tried in um, like in convincing people that these were just like so amazing and they were basically like miracle cures. He suggested that, quote, Egyptian and biblical use of essential oils is evidence of their medical effectiveness. <laughs> I can't. It's it's wow. So like, I also want to pause here and just say like, I'm not knocking essential oils. Like, I actually own some, and I think that they smell nice. And I I know that there's a little bit of evidence for certain things that essential oils can do, like. I don't know, like make you feel calmer or like perhaps tea tree can help you if you have a blemish on your face or whatever. But like, I think it, it crosses the line. It, this is a whole other level where he's claiming that he can cure cancer and lupus. And he, you know, it. this is just where it gets like super fraudulent and dangerous. And I also hate it because it's an MLM, which we'll get into. But like, I just wanted to point put that out there because I know a lot of you are probably thinking like, hey, I like essential oils. And like, I do too if they're used correctly and they're not exploitive. Exploitative. Exactly <laughs> what I wanted to say, 100%. Like, I use tea tree oil often. Like, there are two bottles on my shelf. I have peppermint oil for, like, it does help with my stomach. Um, also like lavender, you know, it helps me relax and sleep, but yeah, and it's at nice, no right? point is it like, oh, I believe it cures cancer or like I, I have so many Mormon friends who like swear by it. Like it's, it got to a point where I used to get so annoyed because I, I had a roommate who love her, but Anytime I'd be like, oh, I have a headache. She'd be like, oh, give me your foot. And she would put like oil on the <laughs> I remember like, you saying that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to cure you. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Now my foot just smells like peppermint. Like yeah. it doesn't do anything. Um, yeah. But also this makes me even more angry because my mom also has lupus and she is Mormon. And I remember when like essential oils reached the South, like, cause it's really big out West, but growing up, I, I never really heard of them. Mm-hmm. And it was like a few years ago, probably like five years ago that it reached like the Mormons in the South. And 
they they did take advantage of her. They like made her not made her, but they like convinced her to buy all of these essential oils and like the book, like the rest right. recipe book right. or whatever that comes with like medicine and was saying like it would help her lupus. And then she bought one for me, like a whole set and sent it to me for Christmas when I was in Germany and was like, this is going to help with your lupus and like da da da. And I was Mormon at that time. And even as a Mormon, I was like, this is bullshit. Like yeah. it might help calm me down or help with my anxiety or my stress. Right but it's not going to help with like the physical pain from lupus. Like it's not going to cure it. Like it might, I don't know. It really, it really pissed me off actually. And I remember like telling her, like you shouldn't be spending any more of your money on this. Like they're just taking it. It's against the law for them to say that kind of stuff, but they do anyway. Like they've, I'll get into it later, but they've been in trouble with the FDA a lot because they claim that it can cure all this stuff that it just cannot. Like if it really could, this quote unquote big pharma that they're always so worried about would have bought the fuck up. Like they would have bought all these essential oils. Yeah, and exactly. Side, and the world right? would be weird. Yeah. If it really did work, but it doesn't. Um, and yeah, like they, like they smell nice, but the thing is, is that they sell you these kits or just the oils individually in young living and doTERRA as well. They're expensive, like yeah. so expensive you guys. And you can get good quality, like pure essential oil for a fraction of the price. Oh my God. Yeah. Like my tea tree oil and peppermint oil and all that stuff I get for like a Euro 50. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and yeah, beyond being an MLM, it's just making people broke because they feel like that's the place they have to buy it. Cause it's like the Christian company. It's just so gross. All of it. Okay. Continuing on. So, Later in 1993, Gary was arrested again oh. for what else? Practicing medicine without a license. And this is where I wrote in here, like, can we just talk about how he keeps getting away with this? Like, oh <laughs> if he God. was black, this would not even be an option for him. Um, okay. It's so just, it's beyond ridiculous. It's, it's like embarrassing. It's that it's our justice system terrible. is like that. I know. Uh, um, okay, so in September 1993, Gary was actually fired for a while from Young Living because of his fourth arrest. I think they were like, that doesn't look good. You know, by this point, there was a board of directors and whatever, and they were like worried about their image, even though he was the founder. So um, he was fired uh, because of that and for misuse of company funds. Two days after he was fired. <laughs> Lol, even though he founded it, right? I know, right? Two <laughs> days after he was fired, he went to the Young Living office with an axe <gasps> and tried to enter the locked office by chopping at it, like chopped it down with the axe, being like insane. After he did this, he pushed his wife down the stairs and threatened his own son and the Young Living employees with the axe. Like, oh my God, he was crazy. Um, and he had to be escorted out by police, and all of the people got restraining orders against him. Um, yeah, it was a whole big thing. But then apparently, like five years later, he claimed that he went to Turkey and went there. He went to Turkey to like get his life together, and he was studying essential oil chemistry (laughs) at at a special at a university he just makes up so many like degrees and titles it's hilarious so he claimed he was like giving lectures and doing these special studies about essential oils at this university in turkey which is just a lie no one can there's no evidence of this um But in 2000, he invented something that he called the raindrop or raindrop therapy, which is where um, you take two oil blends like in unsafe amounts, like a lot of them, and you combine them together with seven other essential oils. And then you apply them directly to the skin, which is super unsafe unless they're diluted. Um. And he claimed that this raindrop therapy treated scoliosis. Oh, my God. 
and was like tatting and apparently somehow I I don't understand how this happened but somehow because of this raindrop therapy and his like quote unquote studies in Turkey this let him weasel his way back into Young Living and like become a big part of it again like back at the head and I don't really understand it I don't know if there was like money involved but either way he was allowed back into the company wow In 2000, Gary opened the Young Life Research Clinic Institute of Natural Medicine in Springville, Utah. Springville? Um, You know that Hi, Springville, if we have listeners. Um, (laughs) So the clinic performed, quote-unquote, tests, um, including iridology, quantum zervoid, and live blood cell analysis. I don't know. Um, Anyway, and they were all these treatments with essential oils to, like, cure people. Um, So, anyways, the FDA found out about this and wrote them a letter warning them not to claim that essential oils will cure diseases. They didn't stop obviously, and the FDA uh, sent them a second, third, and fourth letter that same year telling them to stop telling people that their essential oils cure things. But, you know, they didn't. Um, Wait, what year was this again? This was 2000. Okay. Okay, five years later, in 2005, a woman came forward and said that her time at the Young Life Research Clinic led to kidney failure. Um, She didn't have any kidney issues before her time at the clinic, but Gary Young was giving her treatments that almost caused her to die because he had had injected her with near fatal amounts of vitamin C. Oh, my God. Like, how scary is that? That's so scary. You guys, don't go to these types of clinics. They're so scary. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, so soon after she came forward, though, like, I think it caused such a stir that Gary closed that clinic for good, which is good. And he left the States and ran off to Ecuador and left his, he left his wife in charge of Young Living Essential Oils and went to Ecuador. (laughs) What In, in the actual hell? I know. In 2015, Young Living supplements were tested to see if they contained lead. And eight of the Young Living supplements were found to have extremely high, like, toxic levels of lead. (gasps) And after this, Gary officially resigned as CEO, and his wife officially took over. So, yeah, I think he kind of tried to distance himself. But then Gary Young actually died on uh, May 12th. 2018 in Salt Lake City, and he was only 68. He died from complications from a series of strokes, um, which I just want to say, like, there were some claims I read about, like, certain essential oils that made by Young Living saying that, like, it would help with heart disease and help with things like blood pressure to help prevent strokes. And it's just kind of ironic that, like, he was claiming all these things would cure stuff and then the essential oils didn't help him at all. Probably made him die at that age. Right? Like, cause he was telling people to like use unsafe amounts of them and to like ingest them, which you definitely shouldn't do. Like, um, yeah, crazy. So, okay. So even though Gary Young died, Young Living is alive and well. So I just wanted to touch on Young Living just a little bit before we wrap up, but Young Living, like you said, Sarah, it's an MLM, multi-level marketing business. So their products aren't sold in stores, but they're sold by distributors who buy in (laughs) to the company. And they have to buy, like, all these kits. They have to sign up, and then they have to buy all the oils that they're then supposedly going to sell. And they're notorious, like Sarah said. It's all over Utah, but all over like the states and other places now too. There, it's just like notorious that all of these people who sell these oils are like, oh my god, like this essential oil changed my life and blah blah blah. And most of these, like we have to point it out. If you haven't listened to our MLM episode, ninety nine percent of these people that are selling oils are losing money. That's yeah. how MLMs work. So. Yep. Beyond being unethical in that they make 
false medical claims and can very, very, like, very much so harm people in that way. They're also, like, devastating in terms of finances because it's an unethical business model as well. And you guys, like, also I suffer from IBS and, like, like many, many people do. And it was during the time I was living with this roommate and, oh, my God, it was so annoying because anytime I was like, oh, my stomach's not doing great, she'd be like, oh, have you taken digestin again? Which is like one of the oils that they have, which is like a mixture of all kind of stuff. And she's like, take it, take it. And it was like so pushy. And so sometimes she would just like put it in my stuff without, I was like, no, no, I'm okay. And she's like, just take it, just take it. Until like I would just be like, to shut her up, okay, I'll do it. Uh Um, But you guys, it doesn't, it made me burp up nice. Like it was a nice flavor to burp up. But as in like helping, no. I didn't notice any difference. (laughs) No, and there has been, I was looking into this too, like there have been lots of studies done and proof that actually ingesting the oils, like especially the way that they tell you in Young Living is, can be like very dangerous to people. Like, cause a lot of people don't even know if they're allergic, but also just the strength of the essential oil to ingest it and in the way that they tell you is like so I don't know it it's just not not cool to tell people to no, like take it's something really and you, when you don't know what it's gonna do to them you know yeah, yeah exactly um, and you guys I even have <laughs> I really I mean if my friend is listening to this I'd be surprised because she's Mormon but they even, so the same roommate, she even had, like, little mini ones on a keychain. Oh, yeah. I've seen those, or she would yeah. have, like, eight on a keychain and be like, oh, let me get my oils out. And I was like, oh, goodness, like. Oh, goodness, I know. It's like, <laughs> um, but, and it's, like, funny, but then, like you said, it also gets dangerous because. Yeah. They claim to, like, cure things that they just can't. Like, for example, in 2014, you know, when there was, like, the outbreak of the Ebola virus? Yeah. Um, a very really high-up Young Living distributor stated on her blog that viruses, including Ebola, Ebola, are no match for essential oils and that the Ebola virus cannot live in the presence of cinnamon oil or oregano oil. Um, oh, what a dumb bitch. So, like, and it just reminded me of, I've seen, personally, Young Living reps saying that putting essential oils on your face mask prevents COVID-19. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, the stuff that they claim. Because there's that's just not true, you know? Um, that's other thing, bonkers. Like, mm-hmm. Other things that Young Living has claimed and distributors still claim often to treat or cure are, I have a list here. This is just a short list, but some of the things are Alzheimer's, autism, Parkinson's disease, diabetes, insomnia, heart disease, PTSD, and multiple sclerosis. And obviously, there's no scientific evidence whatsoever that any of those claims are true. Oh, my God. (sighs) Um. So, I mean, and we've kind of mentioned this, but it's like these things are so popular in the Mormon community because like with a lot of other kind of conspiracy theory things, I feel like they like they distrust. First of all, they distrust science and medicine. They distrust government and they want to go on faith and superstition and pseudoscience over like medical professionals. And it gets very dangerous when you go into that territory well and it's also like it's so easy to like convince and sell those products to mormons because you're you know as as the next mormon you know like you when you're in the church you just believe everything and it's like well if a mormon's selling it it's gotta be true so i'm gonna do it which is why, like, I tried so many crazy ass diet trends in Utah. Right. <laughs> Never made it to the South. And I'm not saying, like, there are, you know, diet fads all around the world. And, you know, it's not like that's an unusual thing. But the ones that I tried from these, like, 
MLMs were just insane. But I was just like, well, everyone's doing it. And like, they're Mormon. I trust it. So I'm going to do it. Right. And like some of the ones I'm just like, I mean, I've talked about it in the other episode, but it was really dangerous and really unhealthy and things that I'm just like, oh man, if only I wasn't so gullible at that point and just like, yep, I'm going to pay and for trusting. it. Yeah, yeah, it's just... Oh. And before before you all, I mean, no, I'm sure, but <laughs> people are going to come for us no matter what. Like, I'm sure once we post this and, like, share a meme on Instagram, people are going to lose their fucking minds because they did last time. And before you, you know, you're going to come at us and say, like, it takes a special kind of woman to not support other women and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just buying those essential oils from my friend because I support women and she's just trying to do her side hustle. And it's like, okay, if you want to support her, do not support her in the way of the MLM. Like, help her get out. She's probably losing money. She's being duped. Like, she can get those essential oils somewhere for much cheaper. And what if you buy essential oils from her, she makes, like, nothing on it. It's, like, a couple dollars, maybe, that she'll get. And it's not her own business. It's an unethical business started by a baby murderer. Can we exactly. remember that part? And it's an MLM. And it's just, you're not actually supporting her. You're supporting this unethical company. So get 100%. your get your oils elsewhere and then give your friend, I don't know, like a gift card or help her around the house or what, whatever. There's so many other ways you can support your friends and other women without using an MLM to do so. Just exactly. Gotta say. And I, I guarantee we're going to get... Oh, we're going to get so many. We're going to get so many. And also people being like, what are you talking about? I have a successful business and da, 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 da. And it's like, okay, cool. You're the the 1%. Cool story. And if you are the 1% and you're listening to this and you're a young living rep and you're high up, you're the 1% that does make, you know, whatever, six figures a year, like you're getting money off the backs of women who have failed. You're yep. you're making money because all these other women have gone broke or in debt underneath you. So that's not an ethical way to make money. Sorry. Nope. That's just it. And you can't um, argue that. So bye. <laughs> bye. So um, one last thing is that there's a great episode of a new series called Unwell on Netflix. Oh, it's their it's their first episode. They talk about essential oils and they talk about Young Living and doTERRA oh. and they call out that they are multi-level marketing pyramid schemes. Um, and it's it's really great if you want to check that out. I feel like they give it a fair look at both sides, but they do show like how a Young Living rep is claiming that these oils will cure all of this stuff. And um, this is really, really interesting because after this came out, Young Living was getting a lot of flack for it, right? So Young Living sent out this, I got my hands on this email that they sent out to their all their distributors right after um, Netflix aired the episode. And I want to read you part of it because this sounds like it's a cult, you guys. Okay. Okay. Dear global team, we are aware that Netflix produced a documentary series about the wellness industry that aired today and in an episode mentioned essential oils and young living. We want to let you know that any inaccuracies or mischaracterizations will be appropriately addressed through the proper channels. As the essential oils movement grows and Young Living continues to be the world leader of this movement, media interest increases both positively and negatively. This is not the first time, nor will it be the last time that we are a target for detractors. There will be noise that accompanies a story like this, and we will rise above it as we have always done. With your leadership and alignment and our razor focus on our mission of sharing essential oils and their benefits, we will continue to improve and enhance lives around the world. We ask that you avoid the noise and do not seek out or promote the series. This will only push it to the trending section of the platform. We know who we are, and we stand strong in our vision to create a healthy home for each of us and a healthy world for all of us. <gasps> and then there was, like, another thing that got leaked about this, like, woman who's very high up in the company, and she was ranting about it on Facebook. And, like, it's just so culty because they also defend Gary Young. Because um, in, the, in the series, they point out that Gary Young killed his baby and was a con man. And these people defend him similarly to how Mormons defend Joseph Smith. They're like, 
oh, they don't have the facts right. Like they're taking that out of context, context. And that was, it was different at the time. And like, that's how they did water births back then. And that is not true, by the way. Oh my God. People are so ignorant sometimes. Yes. It's just yes. like, accept the truth, stop defending it. It's, and I also just want to shake everyone who has this mentality. And I say this because I used to be the same way. You can still believe what you believe, but also acknowledge the fact that maybe what you believe stems from something that was fucked up totally. or acknowledge mistakes in the past or acknowledge that, like, for example, with Mormonism, that their past prophets and apostles were racist and sexist and still teach doctrine that is. Or, you know, if you work for Young Living and you're a Mormon, you can still be like, yeah, that wasn't cool what he did. But I like the oils. Like, you right. don't have to just defend horrible acts in the past because you believe in something in the present. Yeah, like, does that just, like, ring so cult, cultish, yeah. too? Because, like, they're defending blindly and they're not, act, like, they're not analyzing the information and they're just, like, p- painting people who point out facts as, quote-unquote, haters. And it's but like... Yeah girl, you don't need to defend this. Like, you don't need to defend this horrible man or this structure. Like, they they take it as a personal attack on themselves when it's called out. And it's like, this doesn't need to be about you. This is just about what's right and what's wrong and what's true and what's not. Yeah, and it also, you know, when you're reading that letter, it made me think immediately of, um, like, a general conference talk and, like, an apostle or, like, a prophet being like, you know, we are the chosen people and we're, you know, people are always going to be attacking our beliefs because it's righteous and the adversary is going to be against us. And you have to just hold strong because we're on the right path and we're in the end, the end times. <laughs> the where, end times. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> so totally much opposition. Like, yeah. yeah. It's just like a general conference talk. It totally was like I so I saw that shared someone um, had screenshotted it and posted it in a Facebook group I'm in of like anti MLM stuff, which is amazing. And I commented on it and I was like, this sounds like a cult. Like and I even mentioned like I grew up in a church where this sounds like something that the leaders would say to get you to not look at outside sources. And lots of people commented and they were like, yeah, it does. It really sounds like that. Oh, my God. Anyway, you guys, that's all I wanted to say. But thank you for going along on the journey with me, Sarah. You you caught on so quickly where you were like, this sounds like the MLM essential oils. And I'm like, just you wait. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much for doing all the research. Oh, it, was an, it was fun. It was a good time. So listeners... Just don't buy Young Living. Don't buy doTERRA and stay away from MLMs and cults because they can really mess up your life and they're not cool. <laughs> they're just, just stay away from them. I mean, if you have reasons to doubt or you're still like, maybe if this episode hasn't convinced you, really go listen to our other one that is like a deep dive and even more convincing. So, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that wraps it up. We will talk to you guys next week. Yeah, have a good week, everyone. Stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask, do do good things. That's all. Oh, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye. Bye.